Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, January 16th, 2023. Our offices are closed today in observance of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, but uh, we're getting this commentary out to you to, well, save me a little time on Tuesday morning. Uh, I'm Herb Morgan. This is my weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning today, uh, where market action actually begins tomorrow, January 17th. This is available for you uh, as a podcast or as a subscription with the graphs, slides, charts, etc. And it's available in all of the various podcast formats. The presentation is prepared by me for use with you, whether you are cancel all that. Let's see here. Okay, starting over. Good morning, everybody. This is Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning today, Monday, January 16th, 2023. Today is a holiday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Markets are closed, but we're getting this information out to you Anyhow, you can, of course, subscribe to this information. You can get it as a podcast on any of the different podcast formats. Simply say to your smart device to play Herb Morgan's podcast or play the Slaying Bulls and Bears podcast. 
Quick disclosures and disclaimers for you. The presentation is prepared by Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors for use with investors or financial advisors. Regardless, you are expected to make your own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. This is purely for informational purposes only. Well, we're two weeks into the new trading year and equity markets and bond markets are performing admirably, better than expected, quite frankly. We were very concerned about earnings reports, which began last week, and we'll get more into that more as we progress through the presentation. And for the most part, earnings have been good. And uh, futures markets are suggesting that the Fed is nearly done raising interest rates, likely another 25 basis points at the February meeting, Maybe another 25 in March, but that could be the end. The Fed itself, though, is not confirming that. S&P up 2.7% last week. That's a nice gain. Small and mid-cap stocks did considerably better, as did international markets, all performing well. And interest rates going down as bond markets also caught a bid. It's a great start to 2023. In fact, you know, look at Look at small cap stocks up 7% year to date. That'd be a good year. We'll take a 7% year, but here we are, second week of January, starting the third, I should say. Lots of economic data last week, and most of it was mixed. We had some very good reports suggesting the economy is strong. Others suggest the economy is slowing. Let's start with one of the more positive uh, reports. November consumer credit rose almost $28 billion. That was ahead of expectations. When consumer credit rises, people don't take on credit unless they're confident, generally speaking, in their ability to pay it back. So when people are concerned about jobs and employment, they don't take on credit. You can see it going down significantly here back during the 2020 global economic shutdowns, and the economic crisis that resulted from the COVID lockdowns. However, small businesses are not as optimistic as the consumer. So on the negative side, December small business optimism from the National Federation of Independent Businesses fell to 89.8. That was well below the 91.5 uh, reading expectations, the second lowest reading since in the, in the last decade. The other one was just a month or so ago. Eight of the 10 components contained within the survey declined. People's uh, businesses planning to hire fell for the third consecutive month. That, of course, does serve the Fed's objective of lowering inflation. But they still said inflation is still a major cause of their concern. Moving on, we saw wholesale inventories rise significantly, up 1% on top of a gain of six-tenths of a percent in October. Solid gains in inventories. If you're in a recession or headed into a recession, Usually companies aren't confident enough to build inventories. They start to run those inventories down. You could see the last recession, brief and small as it was back in 2020. That was the case. On the real good news front, and probably one of the main reasons the market rallied the last week, was that inflation is cooling. December, CPI actually fell. So prices fell from November through December, barely, but they didn't go up. They fell a tenth of a percent. They're up 6.5% on a year-over-year -year basis. The year-over-year -year, uh, inflation number just a couple of months ago was 8%, so it's come down considerably. Core CPI, however, did gain up three-tenths, but that was right in line with expectations. Notable components were gasoline falling 9.4%, good prices backing out 
uh, goods backing out food and energy fell three-tenths of a percent. Service prices, though, however, core services were up four-tenths of a percent, kind of wiping out the goods. Shelter, which is a big, big component to CPI, rose eight-tenths of a percent. Believe me, the Fed is seeing that and will use that, certainly as their argument, to continue to keep their foot on the brake of the American economy. The other thing they will use to keep their foot on the brake is the fact that jobless claims, weekly initial claims for unemployment, still are not rising. They're at a very, very low level. Uh, which is good, uh, but they're at 205,000, and you would think that with the, the number of rate hikes, uh, the amount of uh, money that's being deprinted and run off the Federal Reserve's balance sheet, you would think this number would be higher, uh, but it's not. And many economists are debating that now. Will it come later in 2023, or won't it? Could this be the only recession without job losses in the history of recessions? Will we have a recession? If we do, will it be shallow, given that there's not big job losses? Well, probably so. Import prices uh, in December rose four-tenths of a percent. Uh, export uh, price index dropped 2.6%, so getting control of inflation there with import and export prices as well. A surprise pop in consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan from some pretty darn low levels about a year ago, rose from 59.7 to 64.6, well above expectations. Well, remember that previous comment about gasoline prices going down 9.4? If you had to pick one thing that really affects consumers' moods, it's price of gasoline. And down over 9% in a month really helped to bolster sentiment. And this is one of those readings that sort of argues against the case against the case for a um, uh, recession. Moving along, we started earnings season last week, and since we only had a few names report, uh, we had 29 companies report, uh, 24 beat, five uh, disappointed. So, okay, that's okay, five disappointed. But some notable ones in there, you know, Nike, a great consumer brand company, beat by 31%. They were estimated to earn 65 cents. They earned 85%. That's a big, big, big beat. Uh, J.P. Morgan, sort of preeminent uh, financial institution, beat by 15%. Delta Airlines, health of the consumer and the business traveler, uh, they beat by 14%. FedEx, obviously pulse of the economy, beat by 13 uh, Wells Fargo, you could go all through this long list. And then when you get to the ones that, that missed, the two of them, you know, Costco and Constellation, were really not misses, but you know, a couple of pennies. You don't get into significant business until you get to CarMax. Well, we know that the price of used cars is dropping like a stone after running up uh, previous year. So that's to be expected. But here's the one that's got analysts worried. Micron is one of the big bellwether American technology companies. And the fear for earnings for 2023 is really centered around technology, whether or not technology will be able to moderate the the expected decline in earnings. And really, we've just got one company reported so far, and it was sure a doozy um, of a report. So I took a look at the um, within the terminal and looked at where we are with quarterly earnings Going back to the beginning of 21, you can see $44, 48, 50, 50 and a half, back down to 50, 54. And then you've got the third quarter, 53, so it was a decline from Q2. And the fourth quarter estimate 
is for another decline. And that's the season that started reporting last week from 53 down to 5150. It's not a huge decline. And it's likely, based on what we've seen already, that it'll come in above that number. So maybe it'll be lower than 5302, maybe it won't. But here's the big question. Q1 and Q2 estimates are still for pretty solid earnings growth. Yet most of the macro strategists are calling for earnings to decline more substantially. And that's where the division is in the sort of market view and outlook right now. You've got the macro top-down strategists calling for big earnings cuts or earnings reductions this year, while the bottom-up estimates, the consensus estimates of all the analysts that are inputted into Bloomberg are actually for earnings growth in Q1 and Q2. So I went back and said, well, what, how, how have the, these analysts been behaving in the last few weeks? Have they been generally increasing estimates and, you know, of the companies in the S&P 500? And you can see they get updated a lot. Uh, so if you go back to the first week in December, 86 revised higher, and that's not a lot. Then it was 59, 72, 41 in the Christmas week, and 27 in the, you know, the following New Year's week, and really 50 names, 53 names the last two weeks being revised higher. But double that number, really more than double in every one of these cases being revised lower. So therein lies this tremendous amount of uncertainty around the directionality of, of the market. Are earnings estimates going to continue to get taken down, or are they going to eventually bottom and start to go back up? A lot of what determines how analysts come up with their estimates is what happens this quarter and what kind of guidance the companies give. And let's hope, we hope, Micron was, was a one-off, and that's not indicative of the entire tech sector, because the tech sector, along with the communication sector, really is the driver of the U.S. economy, the major driver of the U.S. economy. So I thought I'd just take a look, though, and look at how we've done here the last couple of years with the equity market. This is a graph of the S&P 500. It goes back to just before COVID. I got that big, you know, 34% drop in the S&P 500 for the economic shutdown. But then, of course, massive fiscal and monetary stimulus, just of unprecedented amount, sent the market, that's not a typo, up 114% from March of 20 to the peak at the end of 21. So less than two years, you had a massive run. We all enjoyed it. And then we had about a 25% decline from that peak until the recent bottom. And now we're up about 14% off that recent bottom. You can see the little white line, the S&P is now trading above its 50-day moving average and its 200-day moving average. I wouldn't call that the ultimate bull signal yet. You'd want it, it decidedly above both and the blue, meaning the 50, also above that red, the 200s. That means the short-term trend has changed and get the long-term, the 200-day starting to trend higher uh, as well. So we're really in this area, this time of sort of uncertainty, not sure what's likely to happen. Um, so that's why we are not overweight equity any longer at EMA. We're not underweight either. Uh, we're just kind of think, thinking the market is neutral here. There's still risk to the downside over the next 60 days. We don't try to trade those thoughts and views other than we do have some dry powder available if we do get a sell-off. Okay, economic data, plenty this week, none today for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Uh, New York State Manufacturing on Tuesday looking for a negative number. Retail sales, looking for a little bit of a negative number for December. PPI to follow the CPI from last week. 
Capacity utilization, business inventories, housing sentiment expected to be incredibly poor again. The Fed's book, the Beige Book, which is the board of directors or the, the, the FOMC board meeting notebook that they use to look at data for their Feb 1 meeting, that will be released this week. Initial claims, housing starts, building permits, Philly Fed, and existing home sales on Friday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back to you again in one week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.